Black joy and bootstraps The podcast that you really need Helping my black community Good vibes, good energy Black joy and bootstraps Top financial literacy Love and education Wanna see my people elevated yeah. Welcome to another episode of Black Joy and Bootstraps. I'm your host, Felicia Jimenez, and I am here today with Miss Crystal King. Miss King, can you say what's up for the folks? Hey, folks, what's up? Okay, so y'all, today we are talking about something that we got to do. Well, I know I do it every year. Many of y'all do it every year. And every year I stay confused. I fill out the paperwork or online paperwork, right? I hit submit and I'm still like, I don't even know if I just did this right or if I'm leaving something out. So, y'all, today we're talking about health insurance. Jesus, help us. So, uh, <laughs> Crystal finna give us all the knowledge because when I tell y'all, and I'm so serious, like, this is one area where every year I'm Googling, my husband and I are looking at each other like, well, this sounds good, you know, we're, we're healthy people, nothing really too big. So, um, but really quick, guys, disclaimer. Uh, for some reason, today I'm having a little bit of technical difficulties. Uh, Crystal is joining us by phone, just like the rest of our callers. So I just want to let you know um, if you hear a little bit of like buzzing or something. Uh, I apologize for that, but I still needed to get y'all this info. So y'all just going to have to bear with us uh, because this is really good stuff. And I didn't want to like keep pushing it off because I really wanted you guys to get this info. So um, I just wanted to give you guys also, you know, be transparent about that and give you a heads up. So. Crystal, you know I got all the questions, girl. Like, today right. you finna be like, Felicia, stop this. This is too much. Because <laughs> so, there's so many, like, and, you know, I reached out to people. I'm like, yo, what would you ask, you know, a health insurance agent? Because I really feel like th- we just have so many questions about this topic. So um, I'm right. excited to do this interview with you today so that we could at least, um, and I hope today, guys, the whole purpose of this interview is for y'all to get the very basic Uh, information and understanding about health insurance so that you can make the best, most educated decision for you and your family, right? Right. So, girl, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get started and dive into, uh, let's start with these acronyms because, like, what is even happening? Every year I look at these acronyms and I'm like, "Um, okay, what is a HMO? What is a PPO? Right. Like, all of that. Okay, so let's start um, very basics. Can you tell me, period, like what health insurance is? So I know that we are all like, now, girl, everybody know what health insurance is. I know. But like, just give us the basic definition of, you know, the crystal definition of this is what health insurance is. So health insurance is simply a product that helps cover health expenses or medical expenses, very similar to your car insurance, Mm -hmm. right? So we pay car insurance monthly. Um, It's going to help us in the event of a car accident or, you know, someone steals our car or something major happens to our car. We have that insurance to help back us up in the time of something major that can cost us, you know, a good amount of money. So that's simply what health insurance is as well. It is there to help supplement costs in the event of any major medical issues, but also to help with preventative measures as far as, you know, your physicals and such. There are definitely different types of insurance Mm -hmm. that can be, you know, just for catastrophic events. You know, it, it really can be tailored to what you need but overall it is basically to help cover any medical expenses okay okay so we already know here in america these health like anything you can go to 
the doctor for a paper cut and get a $2,000 bill. So we know that health insurance... <laughs> so we already know that health insurance is beneficial, but today I hope we get an understanding as to why, how, all of that good stuff, right? So let's start right. with the basics. What the heck is a HMO and a PPO? Because every year we come to this and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to pick. I don't know. So how do I... Like, what is that? Yeah, so HMOs and PPOs are very um, popular, right? So a HMO is a it's called a health maintenance organization. That's what HMO stands for. Okay, so and PPO stands. Yeah, so <laughs> PPO stands for the Preferred Provider Organization. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, there two. The the difference is the networks. So you have an HMO network, and then you have a PPO network. Um, a HMO network is very popular now due to um, the ACA or the Affordable Care Act or called Obamacare, if you will. Please, because you know Um, we know it as Obamacare. Anyway. Right. So (laughs) we'll call it Obamacare. Um, So Obamacare is essentially all HMO plans. And what HMO plans networks, what they look like is, you know, there are specific or a a limited amount of providers uh, that someone can go see. Um, If you do not stay in that network, then the insurance will not help with the cost. You also have to have your uh, primary care physician um, refer you to any specialists and so on and so forth. So, those those plans are are still very great, especially um, when we are considering a pre-existing condition. So we know that you know healthcare has definitely changed in the last ten years. Girl. Um, but most <laughs> most of the those HMO plans really don't take into account pre-existing conditions, i.e., Obamacare. Mm-hmm. The PPO insurance uh, network is a little bit more flex. You know, you can go in or out of network. If you stay within that network, you uh, typically receive a discount depending on, you know, your carrier of insurance. Um, depends on what that looks like. Mm-hmm. But you will receive a, a discount staying in network. Um, you don't have to have a primary physician refer you to a specialist. Oh. Yeah. And so um, it, it just allows more flexibility um, as far as who you want to go see. So if you love Dr. Jones, but Dr. Jones is not in network, you can still go see Dr. Jones and typically be reimbursed for uh, through filing a claim with, with your PPO insurance, typically. Okay. So that's kind of the differences between the two. Okay, mm-hmm. so when you say, because PPO, to me, like when you were just saying that, it has a lot of benefits, right? Because the majority of us, I mean, I remember like, in the 90s, early 2000s, right, like, people were going, and I'm glad that you brought that up because things have changed over the last 10 years, um, because mm-hmm. before, you'd be like, oh, I got a headache. Let me go check this out. And you know, black folks do not like no doctors, right? Like, we just, right. we don't trust them. But there was a right. time when we felt a lot more confident going because we knew it wasn't going to be a million dollars out of pocket. So even right now when you're talking about HMO and PPO, which one is more expensive? Because that PPO is sounding like you have a lot of options and a lot of freedom. And that usually sounds to me like more money. So is there like a, um, I mean, I, I guess you, I know it's not like this is always more money, but generally speaking, which one tends to be more? Right. So generally speaking nowadays, right. Mm-hmm. Considering that HMOs are more of the Obamacare type. And let, let me speak to that real quick because HMOs, you know, you can go through 
the marketplace or mm-hmm. you can go straight up to the front door of Blue Cross and Blue Shield, right? Mm-hmm. They're typically the same. The only difference is whether you use a subsidy with your taxes, right? So Obamacare allows you to, you know, use a subsidy if you fall in that tax bracket or that wage bracket, I should say. So going through the HMO plan sometimes depending on your age and, you know, if you actually apply or can use a subsidy, um, can determine your premiums or the premium being the amount you pay every month. So HMOs can be affordable in the sense of getting that help through Obamacare. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you don't, it can be a little bit pricey. Yeah. (laughs) For, For example, if I go on to the marketplace right now and I am 37, just tell my age, mm-hmm. it's going to cost me about almost $400 a month for health insurance Jeez. because I don't, I'm not accepted for the subsidy basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be, th- and so, and then we also have to consider what the deductible looks like and all that. We can talk about that later, but, um, and all that to say that that is, probably a, a large amount for a lot of people to pay per mm-hmm. month um, for health insurance. Yep. So, but yep. the issue is that it would not look at any pre-existing conditions, yep. right? So if I was a person that had some type of illness and my prescription cost $700 a month, then that $300 a month is going to be more or four, three, yeah. $400 a month is going to be more affordable. So the affordability factor still kind of just depends on each person's needs and wants when it comes to health insurance. Mm-hmm. Now, some PPO insurances are a bit less expensive if you find a, an indemnity plan. And that is one thing that I specialize in. So indemnity plans uh, can be in a PPO network, and they are about 40% less in premium in the cost per month compared to the marketplace or Obamacare. And the reason that is, is because there there are um, underwriting questions for pre-existing conditions. Um, there, are some, there tend to be limitations or exclusions of maternity and so on and so forth. So again, it just kind of goes back to what does the person or family mm. really need? Like what are their conditions and what makes money sense? Because at the end, it's it's like my mentor says, you know, it's not magic, it's math. Yeah. So it needs to make money sense for that individual and or family. Ooh, girl, I got a whole bunch of questions for that, too. Like, you just hit on so many things <laughs> that I'm going to ask you. Oh, my gosh. What the heck is an HSA and an FSA? And should I even get one, have one? Like, what? And don't they start over every year? Or am I tripping? Like, every, like, January 1st? Well, so FSA is um, a flexible spending account, and an HSA is a health savings account. Okay. So these tend to, as far as it being renewed every um, year, Mm -hmm. the the HSA um, is it continues, right? Like you know, it's not um, in comparison to the FSA. It's kind of a use or lose money situation. The HSA you can carry over. Um, so that's the difference as far as, you know, what the money looks, can look like. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, um, say that one more time. So the HSA rolls over. Yeah. And the FSA, FSA is you use it or lose it. Yes, okay, typically. Okay, just wanted to make sure I understood that correct. Okay. Every year somebody's like, well, why don't you just pull from your HSA? And I'm like, why don't you just stop talking to me? Because I don't even know what that means. So. <laughs> 
So what, like, what is the benefit? Right. So the benefit is that it, it typically comes out of your paycheck as pre-tax money. So it kind of adds about 30 cents or so to the dollar that is saved. Okay. Um, so that money is then being saved. Um, with your flex spending account or flexible savings account, I should say, basically you can use those funds for prescriptions for like physical therapy, um, glasses, you know, any, any medical things that they, um, typically deem, you know, as okay, you know, okay. I, I believe certain, um, accounts, you know, may vary, but when you want to use those funds with a, with a FSA, um, you'll say, okay, I plan on putting $2,600 in this account. Um, by the end of the year um, and say that it's the beginning of the year and you're like, oh, I need these glasses. I'm going to use my FSA account and they're going to be like, okay, because you plan on putting $2,600 in this account. Okay. The HSA you kind of can use as you, as you, as you gain it. So you're putting this uh, extra money aside to help with those costs of you know, medical uh, things as far as prescriptions. Um, it can actually it can probably help you to pay deductibles, glasses, ortho, such as oh. so on and so forth. So it's putting, it's basically just helping save uh, money. And, mm -hmm. it, and a lot of people gain from that because it is pre-taxed money. So gotcha. it's not money that, um, you know, after your check, you know, then you're like putting it in a savings account. Well, you kind of lost some of that money to taxes, right? So ah. that's what that's what the health saving and the the uh, flexible spending or savings account is noteworthy for you. So both of them you can use for. This is what like is was confusing for me too. So it's not just your health insurance. Can I use it for like my dentist work? Because you know how dental is separate from health insurance. Is yeah. it only so I can use it for any of my insurances? You can use it for anything that they deem is medically necessary gotcha. or appropriate. Like you can even. Some like allow you to buy tampons or, you know, oh. stuff like that. So, um, yeah, they typically have a list of things that you can use it for or with. Gotcha. Okay. So um, just kind of like full disclosure, my this year I had um, a surgery and it was like three thousand dollars <throat> out of pocket. So like I think the mm -hmm. total surgery was like ten thousand and then we paid three thousand like right there. So mm -hmm. a smart thing would have been for me to start saving in January, right? So that I wouldn't have had to pay that like large amount. I could have just started throwing money on the HSA account or the card, whatever. So that when it came time for my surgery in June, I would have just been like, boom, here's the 3000 right? Is that like typically how it's used? Mm -hmm. It can be used in that sense. And I won't say like, yeah, totally because it's, you know, different accounts have different I, I don't want to say restrictions but okay. you know what I'm saying so gotcha. it could be used you know a lot of people so my background come is is dental hygiene right okay. and so as working in dental dental um, offices a lot of times people are like oh I, I need to get this done but I'm gonna use my my uh, HSA account or I'm gonna use my FSA account and so if if they allow them to do so, you know, so sometimes oh. there's some stipulations on that, but it is possible that yes, you could have. That's pretty scary too. Cause if I'm throwing my money somewhere, I want to be able to know for sure. You know what I'm saying? Especially yeah. with me, like 
if I'm going to throw my money somewhere again, knock on wood, right? We're pretty healthy. Uh, thank God. But like, so I was, I knew I was going to have that surgery. So in my brain, I'm thinking, okay, I could be, I could, I could have saved this money. But if you're saying sometimes it doesn't work, who y'all see why I be confused every year? Do y'all see this? Okay. <laughs> that would be a question for your uh, physician, for the facility, you know, where you were having the surgery to say, yeah. Hey, I have this money saved in my HSA account. Can, you know, do you guys accept that for that, you know, to mm-hmm. see if that would, if that would actually work. So sometimes it can and sometimes it, it won't. But yeah, those questions need to be had. And I think that's an important concept too. Yeah. when we're thinking about health insurance is to be very open and candid with um, our health care providers mm-hmm. and actually get more on hands with how we spend money on health care. Right. A lot of times, you know, I'll just say this real quick, just to interject is that a lot of things, let's say blood work, for example, if you go to the doctor and they, and they take your blood in at the doctor's office, it's going to be way more pricey at the doctor's office than if you say, Hey, I'm going to go to, there's different labs, like any lab test now is here in Texas. Um, or even if you tend to go straight to the facilities like uh, Quest Diagnostics or um, LabCorp. Sometimes those are more affordable than them doing it in the office. And so you can just say, hey, can you give me the script? So there's just all that to say, like there's just different ways to actually save money and get the care that you need. And I, I don't think that a lot of people do that you know we do it for everything else like let me find this tv who has the best price mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we don't you know but then too you know you you like to stick with the doctors that you like to stick with and that is totally fair and great and wonderful mm-hmm. but sometimes have those talks with your doctor to say hey you know especially if it's something that you regular regularly go into the office for like an allergy shot or something right. like hey how can we work this out you having a baby hey do you have a, a just straight bottom line price for mm-hmm. the, you know, my visits and my delivery, you know, yeah. um, to, to ask them to work with you and then be able to use your insurance. You know, it's so, you're so right when you say like, we'll, we will go looking for like the best price in a TV or whatever it is that we want. And I was thinking about that because I like, honestly, I don't even know how to begin searching because the language is one that I don't speak. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that is coming from someone who I um, was an insurance agent for, you know, a few years when I was younger. And you would think that even with health insurance that I'd have a little bit more knowledge and understanding, but I just don't like, I don't even know how to shop around because I'm like, I don't know. I don't speak this language. Like this is, so that's what I'm hoping, right. That this podcast does today is give, gives us like a common um, vocabulary. So we can say, ah, Crystal said, this is what this is. And so now I know how to ask or advocate for myself because when I tell Crystal, I'm not joking. I'm like, I'm not even gonna lie to you. So much of the knowledge that I have gotten has been from Twitter. I'm not lying to you. Like, <laughs> like because people well, on there, yo, Twitter <laughs> is everything. And and I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna tell y'all a little bit later uh, in, uh, what piece of information really shook me uh, when I read it on Twitter, and I've used that to advocate for myself. So, mm-hmm. okay. So you said something um, earlier about. Uh, indemnity programs and, you know, when you've been denied coverage and things like that. So I want to kind of speak to that a little bit. Uh, when 
and I feel like this happens a lot in our community because we have, uh, you know, the black community because we have a history of, you know, diabetes and uh, stroke, heart attack, things like that. Several cardiovascular things. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we're often, not often, but we are denied coverage, right? Uh, Usually Mm -hmm. at higher rates due to health issues. So Mm -hmm. my question is, when we're denied coverage, is there like an appeals process or are we just like, well, you got denied, so oh well, right? I feel like that is so much of my understanding is like, well, where do we go now, right? Like we've been denied coverage. We don't even know where to go, what to do, who to talk to. So is there an appeals process? And if there is, like, what's the best way to get a favorable response? Like, how do we, you know, get insurance after that? So if there is a denial of coverage, um, and just to clarify the question, are we talking about, like, your insurance said, no, we're not paying for that? Like, is that what you mean? I guess we could talk about both, because I was thinking a denial of coverage, like, we are not going to cover you, period. But both. Can we talk about both then? See, that that, that was a good question. Good follow-up question. Good good interviewee. (laughs) So... Um, yeah, so, you know, some some doctors, um, some facilities, they just don't accept certain insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that and that is totally up to them. But they should not be able to deny you of, you know, services. The only thing that you can say at that point, if they say, hey, we don't accept your insurance. Okay, what is the cash pay price? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you can take it from there. Um, but as far as the insurance say that you had a procedure and they're like, no, we don't cover that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's, and it's always good to know what your insurance is going to cover before you go, especially into a procedure mm-hmm. or something like that, be knowledgeable of that. Um, so kind of doing your homework first is going to help you to not fall into that. Um, we don't, we not, we're not going to cover that whole and thing. They usually mm-hmm. help with that too, because they don't play about their money. So they, they let you know, like, look, this entire procedure is going to be 20,000. This is your part out of pocket. What you going to do? Mm-hmm. Right? right. So, right. I mean, a lot of times you don't even have to do research because they'll be right there. Right. Like, so cash or check or credit or what, what you got? Right. Like, How are we going to do this? Yeah. And they, they do not play games about their money. I mean, that right. it, it's just, it's so shocking to me, you know? And so follow up to that. Is there just a quick question? Are there still penalties? Um, is the government still like incorporating uh, penalties if you don't have health insurance? No. Okay. No, I thought so, but I wanted to be sure and make that clear because I heard mm-hmm. that a while back there were yeah, Obama was talking about that, and I wanted to make sure right. that we all understood that there is no. I mean, there's other penalties, right? Like we've been talking about when you don't have health insurance, and that's right. a whole other issue. But so right. can. Can, um, let's say Blue Cross Blue Shield or Edna, can they say, hey, Crystal, no, we're not going to give you insurance. We're not covering you. Like, period. You as a person, we are not covering you. No. Um, especially uh, now because there are no pre-existing condition clauses oh. with that. And so that is the good part. Now, if you go to an indemnity plan or a plan that says, yeah, we do pre-existing conditions, you know, some of these PPO insurances or whatnot, then yes, they can deny you and say, oh, you had a heart attack in the last three years. No, we can't, we can't write you up. So, um, yeah. So if it is more so those HMO plans that we were talking about, Mm -hmm. um, then no, they can't. Now your premium might be sky high. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, (laughs) The premium don't be up there. 
um, uh, possibly. So, you know, it, it, it can. So especially just depending, a lot of it depends on your age and, and all of that, but they don't, it, as to why it might be more expensive, um, uh, but not necessarily, um, because you have, you know, a pre-existing condition. Typically, um, with more of these PPO plans, mm-hmm. they when they do consider your pre-existing conditions, your premium will uh, likely be more expensive um, if they write you at all, you know. So gotcha. it just depends person by person. And that's, that's typical. I mean, even when I was in auto insurance. So just uh, really quick, when you said indemnity, I worked for uh, one of the biggest companies uh, that you guys know. I'm not going to say their name, but I know that... Um, everybody knows them like when you say everybody knows them so but we had Mm -hmm. tears for like how you know good of a driver or credit scores because you know all of those things play a factor in your car insurance where you live um Mm -hmm. your occupation it is it's literally guys like not joking it's legal discrimination (laughs) like it's Mm -hmm. like what what's your zip code oh okay bet you live in highland park okay bet you have a 750 credit score bet you have you know whatever it is and then you know, you're paying just so low because of all of these factors. Um, and it's, you know, sometimes they are circumstances not of your own making. So it's kind of, it kind of sucks. But uh, when you said indemnity, our indemnity programs were like bottom of the barrel. Like those were the people who had maybe a DUI or several accidents or, tra- you know, traffic tickets. And so their insurance would be through the roof. Like, I mean, they would have one car. It'd be like a regular, you know, nothing fancy, just your regular economical vehicle. And it'd be like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> like they'd be paying $600 a month. And you're like, but they were considered more risky. Right. Which okay. is what I was going to say, because you are higher risk. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, is that the same kind of with um, is that what in that the, means for health? Yes. Yeah. With an indemnity plan, yes. So, yeah, kind of going back, yep, that's exactly. For example, you know, I I currently have an indemnity plan, Mm -hmm. and um, that is because if I (laughs) go through, like, a major medical, like I told you, I'm going to be paying, like, 400 and some dollars a month. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, for one, just, you know, where I'm at health-wise, thank God, um, you know, I feel like an indemnity plan kind of suits me better, especially okay. in, in, in addition to the pockets, right? It's okay. less expensive. However, if I had pre-existing conditions, like if I was a smoker, if I had high blood pressure or something like that, I'm looking at a couple of rate-ups, just like you said with the, you know, the drunk drivers or, you know, people that have had accidents a lot or tickets a lot or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, just being a more riskier uh, client, patient, however you want to say that, um, yeah. it it would make my premium higher a little bit, yeah. So you chose your indemnity program then? Like you didn't, like you, there are other options for you, but you actually chose, like you preferred the indemnity program? Right. So oh, okay. once for me personally, in which I find it very, a, a good choice for, entrepreneurs or small business owners for for them and and their uh employees um because one one thing is um going back to my background as being a hygienist you know and if any hygienists are listening like you know that and maybe even some nurses um (laughs) you know that 
a lot of small practices don't offer health insurance. Mm-hmm. And so that's typically how I got into this because I was like, wait, so, you know, Obamacare went into effect and they're like affordable care. I'm like, bro, this is not affordable. Everything but, baby. (laughs) And so so I was like, let me just get this little old penalty because that's what it was at the time. And I spoke to my mentor, who is a phenomenal um, health insurance broker, and um you know, I decided on this indemnity plan because it's going to help me save money and I can still go get my regular checkups mm-hmm. and I can still go to the doctor and I still have coverage for if I'm confined in the hospital or surgeries and X, Y, Z. So it, it made money sense to me, you know, again, yeah. it's not magic, it's math. And so those are the type of going back to the, the fact that, you know, it's time to make some uh, money decisions um, when it comes to our health care. So, mm-hmm. yep. You know, one of that is exactly what you were saying is one of the biggest um, complaints I've been hearing from my entrepreneur, like small, you know, startup uh, friends is health insurance. They're like, dude, I can't afford it. I can't afford it for my employees. I can't afford it for myself. Like and and so many. And I think that's a whole other podcast. But that's an issue that like we don't even discuss is like these small entrepreneurs. There's there's just very little help for them. You know what I mean? Like they're out there kind of floating because they're like, my business is barely getting started. I, you know, I quit my job. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm barely staying afloat. And so I'm just every day, they're just hoping they don't get sick, you know? Right. And it's such a struggle. Like I just keep looking at these other developed nations and I'm like, why can't we get our shit together? This does not even make sense, you know? Oh, which is a whole other topic. So I'm not even going to do that to you today, but (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about how anti-blackness and institutionalized racism has shown up um, in the healthcare industry because there are so many health insurance is an issue. We already know that, but how do we? I don't need, like. It's such a loaded question that I'm just like. It is a loaded question. Oh my God. <laughs> like, okay, so. Let's just say, in what ways does it show up? What ways does institutionalized racism, um, in your opinion, show up in healthcare, in health insurance? Sorry. Yeah, in health insurance. And when we talk about health insurance, we can't help but talk about healthcare. Of course. Um. So, I think that, um, gosh, it is so deeply rooted. Mm -hmm. It is very deeply rooted, even from you know the emancipation um, of slaves. So. Mm -hmm. Even going back that far, um, you know, when slaves were freed and everything that, you know, there was no health care. You know, it's kind of like, oh, you're free. Where do I go? You know what right, I'm saying? Right. I don't what do I that. do now? Yeah. The, you know, health care. Um, and so um, they had the Freedmen um, Bureau um, established, which was supposed to help. Um, and that was like what in 1865 ish, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that was to supposedly to help um, free, you know, black people at the time with their with their health. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was it was government funded um, by Lincoln and such. So but we know that at the end of the day, it, <laughs> that wasn't going to be enough. It was mm-hmm. the resources weren't there. I believe they had about a hundred doctors for the 4 million emancipated. So it's just like, that's not going to do mm-hmm. right. Um, one, um, 
substantial thing about that is, you know, we we then as black people, I feel like um, have always felt, well, we just got to we can't really rely on the government. We have right. to do this for ourselves. Right. And I think that's where, um, you know, even becoming fearful of going to the doctor or not seeing health insurance as a as an important factor because mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, I'm going to do these home remedies or whatever. And, right. you know, home remedies can be great, um, you know, but at the end of the day, a lot of the systemic racism definitely came about from just Jim Crow laws with that where it's like going to a hospital like you were going to be in the in the basement of a hospital getting the you know the least amount of care you know not not being performed on in the event of an emergency if if you were black you know Mm -hmm. just those type of things and so um, I think that's where it is deeply rooted. And um, even if we talk about the Tuskegee um, thing, so we, it, it's, it's definitely deeply rooted. The thing that really kind of set off um, the, the help was um, when Medicare came about and um, that caused facilities and hospitals to have to kind of act in um, in accordance to what the law says mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as far as the Civil Rights Act was concerned. And so because Medicare was kind of almost like a pile of money for these hospitals, yeah. that they had to um, desegregate hospitals mm-hmm. in order to be funded. So that's how a lot of hospitals became open to Black people. But to still say that you know, we still lack a lot of care. Right. Um, and, you know, we can look at the, 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 the statistics on, you know, the differences um, between black women, you know, and their survival rate in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. We can look, like you and said, child you know, labor. heart conditions mm-hmm. and, you know, we can look at diabetes and such. So I think that the systemic racism that existed in black um for black people definitely you know resonates highly in the medical in in the medical side of things Mm -hmm. you know they they don't they don't they didn't want to take care of us so and still don't don't. take care of each other and still don't so here's the thing is like we have to take care of ourselves and i think one of the things is being knowledgeable about how to so even kind of going back to you know knowing how to shop around for health insurance to make it affordable for you like Mm -hmm. picking those things like actually taking lead and control over your your health and Mm -hmm. that includes getting a health insurance that is going to help um you get the best care that that you need and not and I think I think for a lot of us, um, it's just first of all, it's a part of adulting. Nobody wakes up and is just like, "Yo, I'm so excited to get health insurance today." Like right. nobody wakes up Ooh. and says that. <laughs> so it's just a fact of like, okay, let's let's get ourselves healthy, let's get ourselves together, mm-hmm. um, and just being knowledgeable. But you know, to 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 actually you know take care of our community, ourselves, our people. So that's one thing that's super important for me as um, a health insurance insurance agent is to really you know help help my community um Mm -hmm. 
and and really get the word out that there are affordable ways to have health insurance and there are you know great doctors out there that still care for you and and um you know want the best for you and and that you can get the health care that you need you know that was that was such like that oh my gosh like, I don't even know where to go because that was just so much and so real uh like for real you know what I'm saying yeah. because and yeah. again going back to and I think I may have shared this before on the podcast but y'all gonna get it again because this is something that really had me shook so when you said when you're talking about like black women and labor and you know us like we are the least believed in a doctor's office right mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. when we say certain things it's like there is still st- um, studies showing that doctors believe that black people uh, are able to um, endure pain at higher, like we have a higher pain tolerance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just crazy. And so a, a couple years ago on Twitter, <clears throat> it was a black doctor and she said, uh, she was just just like, I, I promise, like all day long, it's just free game on Twitter. I just be reading stuff like, damn, I never knew that. So it was a doctor and she said that, a uh, black lady, and she was saying that, you know, uh, she's often not believed, even as a doctor. Uh, and so what, she, so she was giving us free game. She was saying um, that when you go to the doctor and you say, hey, I'm not feeling well, could you run these tests? And the doctor says, oh no, like, I think you're good. Uh, what you need to do is uh, tell them, okay, that's fine. Do you mind documenting my chart with that information? Right. Mm. Basically telling them, can you put that in there that you denied me? Right. Because that's the only way that you, if anything happens that they can be seen as negligent. Right. Because I don't know if y'all know this, but I'm letting you know, it's really, really, really hard to sue or fire a doctor. Like they Mm -hmm. are the gods of a hospital. Like, it is unbelievable. And so I have, and I kid you not, Crystal, this has happened to me twice. My insurance was ready to cover everything. My doctor said, hey, you need to go get an EKG. I think there might be something with your heart. I said, okay, bet. You know, I'm nervous. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So he sends me to this cardiologist, older white guy. I mean, he had to be like maybe in his 70s. Uh, and so I'm like telling him, I said, hey, you know, my doctor, who's a black doctor, uh, mm-hmm. sent me over here and he, he wanted me to get an EKG da, 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 and he was like he's like okay let me listen to your heart and then he goes uh, you know I just I don't hear anything I think you're fine and I'm like mm-hmm. okay so no joke Crystal I say do you mind documenting my chart with that and he's like uh, yeah no problem right it was like no problem at first and then two seconds I kid you not Crystal two seconds like the realization kicked in and he goes yeah you know what I'll just go ahead and do the EKG just to be yeah. sure you know and I was like hot yeah. damn you have got yeah. to be kidding and like just being able to advocate for myself because right. somebody on Twitter a black female doctor on Twitter said yo this is what you got to do because they don't ever listen to us so this is the route you need to take and I've done it twice that is the second time I did it and I was like this is crazy like yeah. every time I say well do you mind document I said and I said it's super nice so I was like do you mind documenting my chart I just want doctor so and so you know to know that you know, that uh, you felt like everything was fine. He was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Girl, he sat down, put his hands on that keyboard and was like, on second thought, yeah, I bet. I bet on second thought. I bet on second thought. Yeah. And so 
you know, I, I just, I can't say this enough that this is what's important to me. Like our community is constantly not listened to. We are constantly in a state of, you know, being silenced and pushed to the side. And so when I have these podcasts, it's because I need us to know this language. I need us to go in speaking this verbiage that we, it's not our first language. Health insurance is not right. our first language, right? Right, um, right. And until you become a health insurance agent, <laughs> like, you know, and right. then it becomes your second language and you become very fluent. But I want us to to be a lot more fluent than just knowing a few things here or there. So we'll be having several, you know, of these podcasts. This is a follow-up to be able to understand. Um, yeah. But I, I also wanted to ask you, I know you get a lot of questions often, but like, what are some things that you would like to dispel or let people know, like, this isn't true? Are there any things uh, that you feel like, oh, I get this a lot and, and that's just not accurate. I'd like people to know this about health insurance. Wow. Um, yeah, a couple of things. Oh, yeah. Um, one, one issue, it really kind of boils down to the cost, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, I, I would like people to know that there are affordable options out there. Um, that's that's one. And that's a part of, you know, again, tailoring it or being able to speak to an agent like myself to find out what's important to you um, so that we can make it make money sense. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, another thing is a lot of people on the other on the opposite spectrum of that, they expect for the interest to pay for everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I think that is one thing that, you know, people need to know that health insurance is there to help, Mm -hmm. right? It's like if you got in a car wreck and your deductible is $500, no matter what, you're going to have to put up that 500 or 200 or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, health insurance is generally the same. It's there to help out for sure in the time of need for those medical um, events that may happen. So I think those are kind of two things that I I see like a lot of people are like, oh, I can't afford it. And then there's people like, they supposed to pay 100% of it. That's really not how that works Mm -hmm. Um, in some cases. So, and then just knowing the differences, um, you know, I get a lot of questions, um, you know, the difference between a major medical or an indemnity plan and, Mm -hmm. you know, the Obamacare type of questions and what that's going to look like. So I, you know, I just want people to know that one, they have options. And then two is that health insurance is there to help. Um, and then it will not pay a hundred percent necessarily in every single case. Mm-hmm. And I get that too. Like as a dental hygienist, when people would come in and they're like, Oh, my cleanings are free. And it's like, actually this type of cleaning, um, the insurance insurance pays 80%. So you still have to pay yes. 20%. Yes. But that's still better than paying a hundred percent. Absolutely. And in in contrast of what you're paying for your dental insurance premium. So, you know, it again it just make it has to make money sense. So I think a lot of questions tend that I get tend mm-hmm. to come around money. And so yeah. whether it's the spending or how much do I get for this policy. So And I agree because no matter what I'm doing, I'm like, how much is gonna cost? 
how yeah. much is that? What's that looking like? Like, <laughs> we we finna break the bank. We finna like, what are we finna do? You know, so I, I definitely understand that. I have two more questions for you. Yeah. Um, one is, because you just hit it, and I was like, I should ask this earlier, but what is the difference between a deductible and a premium? Because we hear those things. Can you explain what a deductible is? Can you explain what the premium is? Because I remember um, that being some of the questions that, you know, listeners wanted to ask as well. Yeah, so the premium is the amount that you're going to pay every month. It is pretty much your bill. Um, So your premium can fluctuate, I shouldn't say fluctuate, but it it can um, be determined by your deductible, how how much we set that at. Um, It can be determined by, you know, your, um, if we're dealing with the HMO plans and Obamacare, it can be determined um, by your uh, co-insurance or your co-pay amounts, um, things of that nature. So your premium, you know, if you have a high deductible, you're going to have a lower premium. Right. If you have a low deductible, you're going to have a high premium. So the deductible is the amount that you have to meet um, before the plan goes um, in to start helping you. Okay, right. so you have to meet a deductible before that plan um, starts to help you with that coinsurance. Coinsurance is if it, you know, sometimes they set it at 80 20, which means the insurance is going to pay 80% of that event and you'll pay the 20%. Um, so that's why a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not even going to meet my deductible this year for the insurance to like really do something for me. Mm-hmm. So some people really want low deductibles, but that premium is going to go up. Mm-hmm. So again, that can be determined on your personal need. Um, if you're a type of person that, ha- you know, frequents the doctor or um, have monthly prescriptions that are pretty expensive, X, Y, Z, you know, you're medically compromised in some sort, and you're probably going to want a lower deductible maybe um, so that we can get that deductible out of the way. And then that insurance is helping you pay for your medical needs. But a lot of healthier people um, are like, oh, just give me that $10,000 deductible because I just want to be, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not that big of a deal. I just want to go to my monthly, uh, my monthly, my yearly exams, X, Y, Z. So. so are you paying your deductible? Because all of that makes sense. But I was, are you paying your deductible each time? Because like, for example, in auto insurance, if I get into a wreck, let's say today I get hell damage on my car and I have a $500 deductible then I need to pay that $500 or they'll take it out of the check that they send me, right? Um, But the next day I get rear-ended, right? Or I rear-end somebody because my insurance will pay for that. So if I rear-end someone, I have to pay that $500 deductible again. So with health insurance, deductibles are a little bit different, right? Yeah, you tend to have to meet the deductible for the um, year. Is that, I, I yes, that's, that's exactly yeah. what I was asking. So you're paying one deductible for the entire year. So if I have a $3,000 deductible, then that's what I'm paying for the entire year before my insurance says, hey, I'll start paying whatever. Yeah, for the most part, generally speaking, yes. Ooh. I need like 15 parts of this podcast for just for this, <laughs> just for this health insurance. Cause it's, well, it's just so much. Say, mm-hmm. Well, I see. And, and so that's dealing with more major medical insurance, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. when we think about indemnity plans, which is just another option outside of the Obamacare, um, as well as some short-term medical plans and so on and so forth, but we'll stick with the indemnity plan, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's what I have. 
the the plan that I have, the deductible, there is really no deductible unless I'm confined into the hospital, mm, right? Okay. So, I, you know, the plan, an indemnity plan is basically going to give you a certain amount for a certain event, right? Mm-hmm. So if I need to go to the doctor, my plan is going to pay $120. And whatever exceeds that, I I have to pay. Mm-hmm. But if it does not exceed that, they actually send me the residual. Um, so it's just a different type of insurance. But the deductible does not really matter unless I'm confined into the hospital. And thank you, Lord, I haven't been confined into a hospital yet. So mm-hmm. um and I don't want to even say yet, Lord, I just don't want to ever. Yes, and, please. <laughs> but, you know, when you think about, oh, what do I want to set my deductible at? Well, let's think about the likelihood of being, you know, put into the hospital. Now, right now, these days, you know, these COVID times, that's a whole different situation. Absolutely. But, um, you know, that's just, you know, a different way. You, you would look at the deductible a bit different because mm-hmm. you know, you're not chasing it down in an indemnity plan because, yeah you know, so in comparison. So I just want to put that out there because there's a lot to know and a lot of differences, but that's why you need to get with a good health insurance agent that can give you the options. Crystal, I feel like, I feel like I'm not even joking. I feel more knowledgeable leaving this podcast today because there was so like you just you gave me so much information and I I obviously I'm gonna have to listen to my own episode again because <laughs> because it was a lot to take in and I really appreciate that because again I do this every single year and every single year I'm like wait what no what yeah. but what yeah. will this cover but I thought this was covered but I don't understand and so you know, I, I'm really trying to do my best to help us, um, you know, the black community be more understanding, knowledgeable and be able to be advocates for ourselves. Because like you said, nobody else is going to do it. Right. Right. Like we're not going to have anybody standing up for us. Like, Hey, like, no, it's just going to be us. And so I, I really appreciate that because now I can go, Oh yeah. What, what you mean? You don't know what a PPO is. Let me go and drop that. Let me go and drop that. (laughs) Because that's not something that I understood. Um, right. And so I want to just ask this last question. Um, I And I know it's like super obvious, but I don't care. I want to hear the obvious, right? Like how, in what ways do you feel health insurance helps black folks? Like, I know we've kind of answered it throughout the convo, but I just wanted it to be direct. Like what ways have you seen health insurance help us? Well, I have seen it help. Um, the way that it is, it, it was designed to to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is in the time of an incident. And sometimes those incidents happen when we don't have it, or when it's just like we don't want to go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what it is really for. I have seen it help people you know, that are diagnosed with cancer, be able to go through their treatments. And not only that, help the, you know, their loved ones to be by their side. Like Mm -hmm. all of that takes money. All of that takes money because, and, and, and so I have definitely seen it help us uh, as, as black people on Mm -hmm. a financial standpoint. And it's just about, you know, trying to be financial, financially uh, literate on ways to help us not go into debt and Mm -hmm. uh, be ready in the event of a major medical event. So Mm. I've definitely just, just seen it do that part. Um, even for myself. Yeah. You just hit something that 
I need to ask too, because you were talking about debt and all of that. And I was like, Ooh, forgot about this one. Um, so I know I said I had two more questions, but I love you. I'm sorry. So, you know what? I know sometimes there are benefits of paying out of pocket. Like what, can you talk about that? Can you speak to that? Because now listen, I will be honest in saying it was a blessing And I give all thanks and glory to God that I was able to pay that $3,000 out of pocket. They gave us other options. Like they were like, hey, uh, for for my surgery, uh, which was an elective surgery. So a surgery, Mm -hmm. um, they were like, you can pay this $3,000 out of pocket or you could pay, um, what did they say? Like over a 12-month period, you can pay interest-free, yada, yada, right? But Mm -hmm. um, I just want to know, had I had that like $10,000 plus surgery, or other things, I don't know, out of pocket. Like, what are the benefits of paying out of pocket um, versus using your insurance or if there ever is any? Yeah, sometimes there are benefits um, of paying out of pocket, being what I call it, what we call a cash patient, cash pay patient. In the fact that you know, first of all, what you're going to pay. Mm-hmm. example I go to Dr. Jones because I love Dr. Jones and I'm just like yo I want to be a cash pay patient all right it's a hundred dollars for today for your office visit well at least I know I'm going to pay a hundred dollars and I'm going to be done mm-hmm. in the event that you say oh I'm just going to give them my insurance a lot of doctor's offices tend to mark up that price and I know because I asked what the cash pay is as well as give my insurance so I like to see what they're going to charge the sense of the insurance company versus Mm -hmm. what they would would tell me Mm -hmm. so you know they may send the bill for two hundred dollars you know to the insurance company and the insurance company then if they are in network will give that discount and then um and that discount may be you know a hundred it takes it to a hundred and fifty dollars and then they may apply your benefit and say that your benefit is a hundred and twenty dollars so at the end of the day the doctor's office still going to get a hundred and fifty dollars in a sense right gotcha so you can kind of save money in that mm-hmm. realm, if that makes sense at all. So sometimes going in as a cash pay patient, especially going to the emergency room. Oh, my gosh. I have had I've gone to the emergency room before and I said, I'm a cash pay patient. They sent me a bill for like a couple thousand dollars. Ooh. And I literally just used my words. And this, mm-hmm. is, this is the thing. You just say, hey, I don't know about, I don't know if I could pay this whole $2,000 like right now. Mm-hmm. And they will help you out. And that $2,000, it's probably almost $3,000 bill went down to $300. Whoa. Now that's so, my name. <laughs> that is why, you know, being open with your healthcare providers to say, what's the cash pay look like? Because a lot of times they give discounts when you cash pay because they know you've got to give the money right then and there. And and then also, you know, when you go to the ER, say, hey, I'm a cash pay patient and mm-hmm. then work that thing out with them. It's going to cost you way less than what they would charge your insurance. Gosh. So, yes. That's that's just good information to have and to know. And I know like f- like. I already knew that often when you pay in cash for anything, there's usually a discount, you know, but I just didn't know. Um, I just don't always know what that transfers to like, oh, does do they do that in health insurance? Do they do it with this? You know what I mean? And so yeah. that that was really 
that that's really enlightening. I appreciate that. Yeah, they're going to charge. They're going to charge the insurance company more than what they would charge you. Mm. I I legit had an MRI done this year, and they charge what they told me that I would pay out of pocket was like I think maybe. Well, it was, I don't know if it, it wasn't like a regular MRI. It was like some other type of whatever, but the cash pay was going to be like $400. But, but then if they, when they submitted it to my insurance, it ended up being like $1,200. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's three times more. Like, so I have definitely learned in that, um, that, you know, they will definitely charge, charge them more than what they would charge you. Gotcha. Um, I thank you. Just <laughs> like I just, a lot, I just a lot of times they would. I can't say that that's like yeah. every doctor, every physician, every facility, but a lot of times, yeah, yeah. And then you know they'll add on like the processing fees, like all the things that they pretend are like a million dollars, and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. so it it really is ridiculous. Crystal, you have you have taught me today. Like you have enlightened me today and I just cannot say thank you enough because that was a lot of information, you know, um, that we tried to fill in like an hour block, but tell us, and this is, this is hopefully how this will go, right. That people will now have more questions because yeah. um, I feel like that's how this should work. Now people should be like, wait a minute, what about this, this, and this, right? Um, right. So how can we reach you? If we got more questions, like give us some <laughs> info because, girl, we finna be in your inbox. I need to know. Yes. Well, my Instagram is Crystal Your Insurance Girl at Crystal Your Insurance Girl. My um, email is Crystal Your Insurance Girl at gmail.com. How do you spell Crystal? K- oh, yeah. K R Y S T A L. Crystal with a K. Hey, I, I once knew a crystal spell like that, but it was actually crystal. I'm going to be honest. Anyway. So, <laughs> I, so, people approach me that way too. Right. <laughs> I was like, is it, you know, they'd be like, it's crystal. It's crystal. I'd be like, okay, whatever. Okay. So crystal, crystal, your, say that, say it one more time for us. Mm-hmm. Crystal, your insurance girl at gmail.com. Perfect. And, mm-hmm, and my at name is at Crystal, your insurance girl um, on Instagrams, on the Instagrams. Mm, all right, perfect. Um, well, I hope that, you know, many people will reach out to you um, because this this is a lot. And, you know, we need to be asking some questions. We need to be knowledgeable. We need to understand all of this. Um, and y'all already know. So you know how I am. Each one teach one. You have learned this information. So you got to go out and share it. Uh, you got to sit at your dinner table and be like, but do y'all know about HMOs though? Uh, because <laughs> we're trying to understand, you know what I'm saying? We're yes, trying to, um, we're trying to build it. generational wealth in, in several yes. different ways. And I think that there's a lot of ways that we neglect to realize, uh, could bankrupt us. Right. And health insurance yeah. is one of those big ones. I mean, not having health insurance, right. Health issues. So, Crystal, I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, so I am much. just, I'm just so grateful you came on and and gave me this information and shared with our listeners, guys. Please, um, again, each one teach one. I am your host, Felicia Jimenez. Uh, you have listened to another episode of Black Joy and Bootstraps. Please follow us or follow me on Instagram, uh, on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Black Joy and Boots. B L K Joy and Boots. Uh, till next time, each one teach one, y'all. Bye. <laughs>